Welcome to the Forge America Missional Podcast, where we discuss faith, mission, the church, and the intersection of all three. Today on The Interview, we have the honor to host Angie Ward from Denver, Colorado. Angie is a leadership author and teacher with nearly 30 years of ministry experience. She is a regular contributor to Christianity Today, as well as the author of I Am a Leader. Her newest book is When the Universe Cracks, Living as God's People in Times of Crisis, where she is the general editor. Check her out at angieward.net. Thanks for listening, and we're glad you're joining us at the interview. Welcome to the Forge America Missional Podcast. My name is Alan Bradford in Knoxville, Tennessee, and with me is Brenna in Albany, Oregon. How's it going, Brenna? Going great. Good. Uh, And we got Terry from Austin, Texas. How you doing, Terry? Wonderful. (laughs) Wonderful. We went from great to wonderful. Wow, it's only going up from here. But what we're really excited about is that we have Angie Ward with us in Denver, Colorado. Angie, it's good to have you with us today. Thank you. I am exceptional. I felt like I had to do a thing one above what they're doing. Actually, it's kind of great today in Denver, which is unusual, but great to be here. That's awesome. It's good to really have you with us. And what we're excited about is you've got a new book coming out here in October, the beginning of October. You're the general editor of it. So you've got all these great voices, this collection of ideas, and we just love to dive into it. We'd love to know a little bit more. So we had the opportunity to interview Angie at the end of uh, season one. Roland and Laura interviewed you, and, and that was a great interview. I'd highly recommend people going back and listening to that. Uh, but now you've got something new coming out, uh, When the Universe Cracks, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And so other than the obvious, can you give us the the impetus behind this book? Yeah, thanks. Uh, so yeah, it's When the Universe Cracks, Living as God's People in Times of Crisis. And obviously we uh, it was kind of born of the pandemic, but not limited to, I mean, 2020, it wasn't just the pandemic, it was presidential U.S. election and all the racial protests around, the, you know, and, and demonstrations around the world. And so uh, the folks at NavPress said, really, um, what what does it look like for disciples of Jesus, for followers of Jesus to live in times of crisis? What's the the is there a proper way to respond? And and also, this is nothing new. God's people have lived through crises throughout millennia, you know, through, through centuries. And, um, so it's, and it's part of the, what they've launched, this is launching a, a, a series called Kingdom Conversations. Uh, and so there's at least two more books coming out with that. So it's very much as, as the series, um, suggests, it's a, like a conversational look with these 10 voices, you know, 10 chapters and a very, uh, you know, discipleship missional focus of, um, what does this look like for us as individual Christ followers and as for the body of Christ, the people of Christ? Amazing. And, you know, we would always say in these unprecedented times and these unprecedented right. times and the, and they are, but man, to be able to look historically and to know that followers of Jesus have lived in crisis for centuries and that there is, are people who have gone before us who have lived in this and that, that we have an example of how to faithfully follow Jesus. I love that. It's such a good reminder for me. Um, you know, right now in church cultures, we hear consistently, and it's so true that, that leaders are tired. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They are worn out. They're burnt out right now. 
And I love in the introduction, um, you're summarizing a chapter that Matt had written, but you say that crisis means hard times with no easy answers mm-hmm. and that God is here. So in pulling together all of these voices um, that you were, you were curating and pulling together to speak to this, what have you learned about how leaders faithfully lead during crisis? We thought we'd be through this by now, right? I thought when this book came out, maybe it would be past its time and turns right. out it's probably even more relevant now. And like you said, they're tired. And, you know, a, a friend said, um, uh, who's a pastor at a church, uh, actually in Knoxville. And he said, I feel like I normally can lead kind of from the deck of a battleship. And now I'm leading by sonar. I don't even know uh-huh. what we're facing, you know? Um, and, and so, you know, you ask people right now, you go, how big is your church? And they go, I don't know. Andy Crouch talks about like, was was the pandemic or are we living through like, is it just a blizzard or is it a winter or is it an ice age, you know? And in the beginning, I think we all thought this was a blizzard and it's like, okay, let's, let's flatten the curve. All right. We're going to pause this for a bit, but we're going to be right back. You know, we'll be right back with you folks. And then it was like, well, maybe this won't be over in two months, you know? And, and um, so I think what we're learning is there's no going back we're in a complete change, you know, and some of the chapters in the book talk about that as well. And, and, um, Yvonne Lee talking about growing a church in the ruins, you know, and so, um, we're not going back and we're not sure what it's going to be like going forward. And so every, every week we're practicing this concept of adaptive leadership where there, we don't have the solutions, you know, for things. And it, it can be very tiring, especially if you've come, your understanding or paradigm is, kind of leaders need to have the solutions or we have a clear perspective on things. But now, you know, with sonar leading by sonar, you know, we just don't have that clear perspective. And so then what, you know, so it messes with our equilibrium as leaders and with everyone's equilibrium in our, you know, our churches and our communities and congregations. So everybody's, and you can't see this because it's on a podcast audio, but I'm just doing this kind of rocking back and forth on a boat kind of thing. You know, it's just, it's very queasy. I think we live, we're living in a queasy time yeah. of leadership. Yeah. And I love that. Just recognizing it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we, you know, so then it's, well, okay, it's a new normal or we'll do this for now, but then for now becomes okay for a long term. And we still don't, you know, it, it's, we want to know when is this going to end? You know, maybe this will be it. Maybe this will be it. Oh, the vaccine, that'll be it, you know, or, but it's not, and it's not even just the pandemic. It's just, it's, a. Um, I think, a pastor friend of mine said the you know the pandemic and really 2020 exposed all the unhealth of all of our systems whether that's yeah. personal or church or community government type things you know whether that's financial or social community emotional spiritual health i mean it's just exposed all those things so it sped up what probably were some hairline fractures but now there's these big fissures and we're going okay what do we do now you know, one of the things that I've been saying over and over again, not just to church leaders, uh, to pastors, but really just to anybody, individuals, parents, is nobody gave us a playbook for this. <laughs> we have right. no idea how to, you know, your sonar analogy, like we have no idea how to get through a pandemic. But what I'm really intrigued by in the book is how you've looked back in the past and said, hey, there have been crises in the past. And that's the thing that I've I've been yearning to root myself in as well is say, what has our faith tradition done in the past? to kind of get through times like this. When we've, we've encountered crisis, we've encountered issues like this, 
How does that root us there? Were you kind of surprised or was there anything enlightening to you when you looked at, you know, when you were reading this and you're saying, hey, these are some of the stuff we've been digging up from the past and how that can help guide us into the future? Uh, yeah, I think it's um, just this, the fact that this is nothing new. And also, I think we feel, we we tend to think, well, this won't happen anymore. I mean, you know, whether it's the pandemic or the racial, like we worked all that through in the 60s. Or we, uh, my, my grandfather in 1918 had to leave the University of Wisconsin uh, in Madison to come home because of the flu uh, epidemic back then. And 100 years later, my two sons at Indiana University had to come home. I think we think that this illusion of progress that at some point will come to an arrival point because of our own smarts and um, innovations and whatever, and, and and we'll figure this out. And it's like the world remains broken and God remains good and in it. And I think we, you know, we just think some point we're going to do away with all this. And it's just a reminder that this side of eternity, that's not going to happen. But now and not yet. It's made that more clear, I think, for us again as a kingdom. With Forge, we've had a lot of conversations with leaders over the last 18 months to two years. Yeah. And the common conversation we're having over and over again is with when crisis hits, when this when these things sort of happen, um, people take their foot off the gas, right? They, uh-huh. they're, they're a little more cautious. Like if you're driving down the road and an accident happens in front of you, you don't hit the gas unless you're Tom Cruise in Days of Thunder. But <laughs> right. uh, normally you, you, you come off the gas, apply the brake, and you're a little more cautious and you slow down. And so um, what we're hearing from leaders is that people are jamming on the brake, especially when it comes to the idea of mission. And so in uh-huh. Forge, we're very interested in the conversation around the Missio Day and how those sorts of things. And so people are having a hard time trying They're saying my people aren't interested in mission right now because they're just trying to survive. And so I'd love to hear just some of your thoughts on how does crisis and mission intersect? Yeah, I think sometimes we, we um, frame mission I've seen as kind of big and out there. And um, I was doing a podcast uh, earlier this week and we're talking, uh, a question was like, how do you multiply when everybody's kind of like hunkering down? And mm-hmm. and I said, well, how do you define multiplication? And they said, well, I think they said, you know, healthy. It was like individuals, churches, community or leaders and churches, individ- and disciples, leaders, church. And it's like, I think we drop back in. And so I think we need to reframe mission as it's, just meeting the needs of your neighbor, you know, and being aware. And it truly should be pulling us back to community instead of kind of the up and out there kind of thing. And um, I think Catherine McNeil does a great job in, in her chapter in the book about that and saying, you know, he's shown us what is good. And, and, and so I think we just need to reframe in terms of how can we be more deeply rooted, even if we're not seeing missional, fruit in the what we may typically measure during times of summer you know when things are prosperous you know it's like up and an external stuff but it's like this is a missional i think a part of it is reframing and and reforming our hearts you know toward christ and so i think the reframing of missional for this time is probably a key yeah that's really good It, it, it as you were talking one of the things that came to mind i'm in texas Alan's in Tennessee, uh, Brenna is in Oregon, and you're in Colorado. And I know you guys get snow. We, I mean, we did get snow this year because it was just the free, again, it was 2020, right. and yeah, right. so this random Texas just gets devastated. But typically, you know, um, 
we don't really think about seasons where it's like you can't you can't be engaged in your community and neighbors and, and mission things like that. But I've I've worked with several coaches. Uh, I've worked with several leaders in uh, the Upper Ohio, Michigan area, where when winter hits, it's like everyone hunkers down in a basement. Yeah, like they don't leave and. And one of the biggest frustrations for guys in that region who are trying to trying to engage, they they desire to be on mission, is how do I how do I engage in mission when I'm in a I'm in my bunker and someone's in their bunker? And I imagine, yeah. like as we talk through and contextualize those moments, I, I think that's something we seriously have to talk about now, where we're not going to be able to go with the speed that we may have that we did in 2019 or 2018, um, and and we may not be able to do that in 2022 or 2023. We're going to have to adjust and figure out what does new sustainability look like when it comes to mission. I think that's going to be super important. Yeah. There's a book spiritual rhythm by, I think Mark Buchanan, if I don't know if any of you are familiar, but he talks about being with Jesus every season of your soul and it's individual, but I think it can be applied corporately and missionally, missiologically as well. And so he talks about, um, you know, we have these cycle of seasons um, spiritually as well, and that there are um, critical tasks for each of those seasons. And so, you know, we we tend to think we want it to always be summer and fall, abundant mm. harvest, everything just feels sunny and glowing, but that winter is an essential part of that cycle. That's right. and, and winter in that hunkering down season is actually maybe you, you know, that's the season where you um, you do some pruning and you things actually grow deeper so that you're ready for that, you know, the seasons when the sun comes out and you can emerge again. And I think we possibly have lost that communally or corporately as the body of Christ because, um, again, we have like this endless productivity. And maybe what we need yeah. is this hunk. We maybe the hunkering down is not a um, uh, hindrance to mission. Maybe it's an essential part of it because we're rooting down even individually and with Christ, or maybe on a, you know, a smaller micro level in order to then, okay, now we can emerge the, the ice is melting on the lake, you know, yeah. and we, we can emerge out there. I don't know. That's just my thought about it. Yeah. And it, it's even like the Levitical, uh, idea of every seven years, you let, you let a field just rest. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, a important piece of miss, missional is formational. And mm. so, you know, where maybe that's a season for to focus on formation, which is a part of mission. You know, they're not opposite of one that's right. or antithetical. So. Well, Angie, you have, man, you just have a murder's row of authors. Uh, and great. Book. I love it. It, it is. It's wonderful. And I'm looking at some of these names and some of them are friends of Forge, which just excites me. And so yeah. Sean Gladding is a dear friend. Yeah. From Smith is, is, has connected and done some things with Forge over the years. And so I, I love how in the, in, in the introduction, you, when you're talking about pulling these leaders together to write this book, you, you use this line to be that you wanted to gather leaders and writers who would be fueled by missional passion, yet warmed by wisdom. And so can you, can you speak to just how important is it to balance missional passion and wisdom? Do you ever hear something you write and go, Hey, that was actually okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, we're all seasoned enough, you know, leaders um, 
you know, in my seminary classroom, I'm, I'm constantly talking about just the, again, the, that crucible formational process of leaders who to, to come, to bring in the wisdom piece and the tempering and the art of leadership, you know, and not just the, the fuel piece, you know? And so it's like, yes, we, yes, we go out and the Missio Day and, and all that. And we also need to be formed to be Christ-like in that process, you know, and so all of the authors, like you said, this murderer's row are 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 people who have they have a, a, a sense of wisdom, a sageness to them, you know, and and they they are just um, reflective, you know. And one of the things I'm, I love working with Nav Press is that na- the Navigator is very much a discipleship-focused ministry, and so Nav Press wants to be a discipleship publisher, you know, and so. And, and so again, it's that balance between the formational and the discipleship and then the disciple making. So otherwise I think, you know, you get passion, not always according to wisdom is what my husband, who's a pastor, we talk about sometimes, you know, we see like, okay, whoa, whoa, okay, calm down, you know? And so the passion is great, but, but really the impact comes when I think it's blended with wisdom and that becomes the well that people are drawn to, you know, they, they go, wow, that person is amazing. They, they drink rocket fuel. They can go nonstop. But what people are really drawn to is the well of wisdom, I think. When you think about pulling those together and those wells of wisdom, does anything stick out to you as you read it that just jumped off the page that um, was a piece of wisdom that you thought was really unique or really timely? Yeah. I, you know, really every chapter I just brought something new. And so it's really fun to be general editor because I get to learn and interact with 10 other folks. You know, you mentioned Sean Gladding and, you know, Sean just, I think, tied things into the, the exile. We, we wept when we remembered Babylon. I mean, they're just like, everybody's personality just comes through and, and gives me a new, it's like, wow, I hadn't thought of that before. Joanne Lyon talks about her experience in Rwanda and then the importance of lament and calls us to lament, which we're, I don't think we're good as uh, at yeah. evangelicalism at all, you know? And so each one I was, you know, just, just gave me a new perspective and wow. You know, I saw that Cuba, I'm talking about some of the stuff about, you know, rebuilding a church in the ruin. Um, Matt Michelotis, the last chapter, God remains good. It's just so pastoral. It's just like, mm-hmm. and he, and he starts by saying, what you're feeling is normal, you know? And so it's not this, Hey, yeah, yeah, whatever. Let's God's good. You know, kind of thing. It's like, it's the lament and the victory, you know? And so I love that throughout the book, I think it's, again, it's the balance of the, the, the full expression of humanity and human emotion. You know, Christine Jeske in chapter one talks about what is a crisis and what does it do to us sociologically and as a culture. So I feel like the, the, the book as a whole just really takes us to the full experience of humanity, our humanity in the midst of this with Christ. Yeah. I know as a parent, you're not supposed to, you know, have favorites when, when you look at your children, but I'm an only parent. I I only, I only have one child. So (laughs) looking at this, I'm gonna put you on the spot, Angie. Uh, Is there a chapter that's like, that is just hands down. That's my favorite chapter. Boy, I have no room. I imagine it's a hard task. It is a hard task. I mean, cause they're just so different. I mean, you know, I think Ephraim's chapter just is a is a, a needed gut punch, you know, crisis where the world marches on, where he, Ephraim Smith talks about, you know, um, this, the pandemic of COVID-19 did nothing um, it, to slow down or, you know, cool, quench the fires of racism and racial. And so, like, you know, we're focused on that, but yet there's this broader 
endemic, you know, systemic stuff that's been going on for for decades, for centuries. And so I think that's the one that's like, ooh, you know, I, boy, bring it. And also, ouch, you know, kind of thing. But really, they all are so different and so good. And they, each person just brought exactly what we wanted. We, the, their, their whole, their personhood and their perspective to it. So, I mean, I, I definitely don't have a least favorite. They're just, and even <laughs> as I've read, you know, I, you know, I've been working with this book now for many months. And so I'd say different chapters have hit me differently at different seasons of this because this has been an ongoing, you know, kind of thing. And so there's somewhere I go reminder, that's right. God is still good. God is still on his throne. And then there's other times like, that's right. Jesus prepared us for this as Lee, Lee Eklob says, you know, and so I've taken, I guess, comfort and challenge from each of the chapters at different times. So I know it's hard. I'm not going to be like um, Lucille Bluth on Arrested Developments. I really don't care for Job. I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> um, there's, you know, uh, I'm just really pleased with all of them put together. One of the fun things I want to mention is that in the in the um, development of this book is that we brought all the contributors together on a Zoom uh, in the early stages of that. And so it wasn't just me bringing in all these 10 different people. They got to hear from each other. And so I think that's why there's even more kind of harmonious harmony between you don't want we don't want unison. But I think there's just a great harmony partly because they all got to hear from each other as well, which was really cool. It really shows too, as I'm, I'm reading through the book, um, you know, if, if one author had talked about all of those things, you would have heard it from that author's voice and, and, but to be able to flip into another voice and another lens um, from another author, it's actually been very refreshing to put on a different lens and look at it from a different uh, perspective as I'm, I'm reading through. I'm excited for the next chapter because I'm excited for that yeah. next lens, that next contribution, that next voice. Uh, and I think you're right. They yeah. all in harmony, man, we get a much better picture of, of how we should live uh, in this extended yeah. crisis. Yeah. We try to do a kind of a flow as you, I'm, I hope you can you know see through the book. It's like, first of all, what is crisis? What are we talking about here? And then and then there's this historical, then there's a biblical kind of theological, you know, that Sean's doing. And then there's, you know, then it's like, um, okay, well, how did Jesus prepare us for this? And kind of just then to how do we respond to it? You know, individually, what's the spirituality of that response? What does it look like to grow a church in that? What's the communal? And then ultimately, he's shown us what is good. And then Matt just kind of, it's almost like a benedictory uh, chapter that last one from that. So um, I get to the next book we're doing that I'm editing right now. I'm also very excited. It's called "It's Kingdom and Country: Following Jesus in the Land That You Love." So, yeah, that one's coming out in July. I know that's. Yeah. You, I wish you all here listening could see the eyebrows. <laughs> yeah, that's the response Woo! I get that's from right. everyone. Yeah, yeah. So, is, yeah. Is, will that be part of the Kingdom Conversation series as well? Yes. Yep, exactly. Okay. And then the third one, the working title right now is the least of these. So like human mm. dignity and Christian responsibility kind of thing. So we're, we're just, so I've got, I've got three books in my head. Like we're launching this one. I'm editing the second one, the kingdom and country and beginning to flesh out the chapters, but I'm just, I just love the series. And so I'm, yeah. it's just encouraging to hear you guys really resonate with what mm -hmm. we're trying to do with this. Yeah. One of the things that I just love the, the concept in uh, the title kingdom conversations is wonderful. So we definitely want you back um, for those next two books for sure. Um, but I, I do think you nailed it. it. These are conversations. And I think these are conversations that we need to be having 
Um, and so what I love about the book, and I think it has an immense amount of uh, re-readability, um, is because it, it does spark conversations. And so, um, I mean, can you speak to the importance of engaging in honest and humble conversations, both with God, with ourselves and with others, uh, in order to kind of discern how God is leading us, uh, how he wants us to demonstrate the kingdom and proclaim that God is here. God, I love in the book, you got, you talk about that God is good and that God is for us. Yeah. And you know, the conversations theme is just, we just tend to, uh, and even more in crisis, like you said, we hunker down, we tend to think it's an individualistic, that faith is an individual and discipleship yeah. is an individualistic pursuit, you know? And yeah. so by even the title of conversation, like, look, we, we should, we need to be talking with each other about this. You know, a little teaser for the first chapter of the Kingdom and Country book, the, the first um, chapter is going to be, can we even have a conversation? You know, why, mm. why is it so hard to even talk to each other in particular about, you know, nationalism, you know, politics, all that kind of thing. But, um, you know, again, we just have lost the, in our Western individualism, we just lose the entire communal focus that, that I think is throughout scripture and modeled in the Trinity, really, of, um, you know, to coming together as one and, um, you know, we pleading for, you know, the apostles and Jesus praying and pleading for unity among his followers. So I think it's just a critical piece that we have ignored because it's so much individual pursuit. Does, does that answer your question or address what you're No, that's asking? beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Angie, thank you so much for being with us. It's so good to have you on. Looking forward to this being out there in the wild and especially looking forward to the whole series, the Kingdom Conversation Series, where you're going to take this. Uh, I think it's it's exciting. It is a conversation that we need to have. And I love the fact that you are calling it a conversation, that books like this will hopefully start conversations on a local level, on a national level, that people can actually come together and have conversations about these issues. So, so very thankful. This book comes out October 5th, um, and they can get it by going to Angie ward.net right yep that'll um, link to wherever you need to go to buy it wherever you need to go so wherever you want to buy your book you you feel free to do that but highly recommend getting it and actually recommend getting it and having conversations about it let this yeah. spark conversations in your area in your in your neck of the woods and see where it takes us but angie thank you so much for being with us really glad you, and honored to have you with us so fun to be with you guys thank you All right, well thank you for listening and we'll catch you next time Thank you for listening to the Forge America Missional Podcast. Forge America longs to see the reign of God revealed in the everyday spaces of life. To do this, we partner with local movements to mobilize the people of God to participate in the everyday mission of God. If you'd like to know more about Forge America, feel free to check us out at forgeamerica.com.